welcome to the Future Work Playbook. This podcast series features founders, investors, and legal talent that will help you embrace technology and transform your organization for a better future. This series is hosted by Natalie Pierce, the chair of Gunderson Detmer's Labor and Employment Law Practice. Natalie and her guests are committed to helping you develop new playbooks to elevate your game. Hey, this is Natalie for the Future Work Playbook. Today's episode focuses on the S, or social aspect, of the ESG framework. This episode is near and dear to my work as an employment lawyer and advocate for leveraging novel approaches and technology to improve human capital. So thrilled to welcome our guest, the founder and CEO of Valor Performance, Sarah Milby. Valor Performance is a leadership mindset coaching platform providing digital coaching, proven self-directed exercises, and measurable insights for the modern workforce. Sarah's journey is so impressive, from collegiate soccer and pre-med at Yale to a master's in public administration at Harvard and an MBA at Stanford. Sarah. Before we dive into ESG, can you share a little bit about your background and your path from sponsored athlete to a VC-backed entrepreneur with brand name corporate clients? Sure. Happy to. Natalie, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. My background, well, the thread throughout it all is I love to learn. and. My path has been what seems like zigging and zagging, but I've always just been passionate about uh, having an impact on people. So you alluded to being pre-med, but I always found myself thinking at the systems level. And so wanting to think about the so what and the incentives in place and why, how and why people make decisions. And so I became really fascinated with policy and business and the connection between the two, you know, the policy frameworks in which businesses operate and how companies and businesses can influence policy. Um, And so I've always been just fascinated by the intersection and how to get to innovative and creative solutions. You sometimes need to pull from other arenas, other sectors. So that's why I pursued a joint degree, in fact, in grad school. And after grad school was in the Bay Area and just fell in love with technology companies that also had a mission. And that kind of led me on a path to working in digital health and ed tech and eventually getting to a point where I was starting Valor Performance. But no, having worked in nonprofit and government, and finance and all different sectors, I just really saw up front how at the end of the day, so much had to do with the people and so much had to do with how humans were coming together to work towards a common goal. And so that's uh, ultimately what started to plant some of the seeds that turned into what is now Valor. Gosh, Sarah, I mean, it is, it, it really is such a great journey. And I want to say I was really touched by something that I I heard you say, you know, you started right out of college wanting to be part of, you said either Peace Corps or Teach for America, and you Mm -hmm. went with Teach for America. And 
what I really appreciated you saying, and then I think it it has been part of your journey, is how important it is to value the educators of our future mm-hmm. and to really realize how much teachers do for their students and what can be done to influence the life of their students. And when I look at what you've built and what you've done with your tremendous education and your experiences along the way, I can't help but think back to that experience really influencing what you've built and how you really value teaching and helping people improve their lives. Thank you for saying that. that. (laughs) And aren't we all experts in different things? And so there's such that, again, that power, the ripple effect that all of us can have on someone else. And we don't always know it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. Like I had a coach, a mindset and performance coach when I was an athlete. Yeah. Paul Bauer. And he planted seeds that, yes, they helped me at the time in sport, but they were so much more than that. And it was so much of these life skills that I ended up using in academics and using when I went and started building my career and using as I was then in leadership positions that I just kept falling back to. And again, so much helped become what is now Valor Performance. But just to your point, I think I've been many of us can probably think back to these different people who had influence on our lives. And I have benefited from mentors, teachers, coaches, colleagues who started to kind of shape who I am or modeled um, aspects of things that I wanted to implement and incorporate into my day-to-day. And a lot of, you know, for Valor, there there's such a hunger and thirst for connecting with other high performers. Like we always say, high performers love to learn from high performers. This thirst for just growing, connecting with one another is so powerful. Absolutely. When I think about how, let me just say, I think it's critical to have great mentors and beyond that advocates in our lives. And Mm. I think it's important that you are willing to put yourself out there and put yourself in a situation where you're finding those great examples and yeah, what a difference it can make and what an influence in our lives it can have. So Sarah, it is really so great to have you here. I think you're the perfect guest to discuss gaps in the workplace experience and how social initiatives really do impact companies' financial performance. Um, Not only is it worth it to really think about what we can do to improve the experience at the workplace, but to also invest in the workforce, um, which leads to improved financial performance. And I'm hoping, Sarah, that you can start by sharing your interpretation of social in ESG. Oh, sure. I'll respond to that. But first, I just have to acknowledge because I would be remiss to not circle back on a phrase you just mentioned, which is to put yourself in the position of having and seeking out those mentors. And I think that's powerful language, Natalie, because putting yourself in the position, it can take courage. (laughs) Yes. And why I am so hypersensitive to language like that, obviously, I named the company Valor, Heroic 
courage. So I am sort of, I guess, obsessed with courage, but, but you're just so spot on that sometimes, and this is why, you know, leadership, you're never, never done learning. You're always growing and evolving and the situation is changing. You're adapting. I sometimes think about it, Sarah 1.0, Sarah 2.0, Sarah 3.0. So I think it's just powerful language to incorporate to say that it can take courage to grow. And that's at the individual level. It's at the group level and it can be at the organizational level. And that adaptability is so critical, especially now in the modern workforce, which I guess is a sort of a segue to then actually answer your question around (laughs) my interpretation. Yeah, I love this. I just think of, you know, at least for me, the, the North Star has been about impact on society, like in my career, in my decisions, in what I value. And with that, I mean, it's about the relationships with the people, you know, the policies, the decisions, the actions. But at the end of the day, how do they impact people, humans? And that's how I think about the social. That's how I've thought about for Valor, not only the mission that we have as an organization, as far as what do we want to deliver to the organizations that we partner the employees at those organizations who receive valor, but also, Natalie, how as a business are we modeling these things? Because as a company valor, we have our employees, we have our coaches, and we think about the impact across all these levels as we do our work. So that's my interpretation of social. Is it just all about the people? Yeah. And looking, not just teaching about the products and the process, but really a performance mindset, which I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's so critical that we do think about things and we've learned so much these last difficult three years, but Mm -hmm. how important it is to see, to really have that focus on human capital and think about things like mental health and think about how a company really can give tremendous, tremendous benefit in the way of helping individuals find that courage, develop their performance mindset. And something I heard you say that I love is looking at how we can be a little bit better every day. You're 1% better, I think is what mm-hmm. I've heard you say. Mm-hmm. We like post-industrial, you're going to get me on my little spiel about post-industrial revolution where we've been so hyper-focused on productivity. And that's not wrong, but we've squeezed out the humanity in a lot of the modern workforce, right? We've been so focused on those processes, the efficiency, bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And my point is two things can be true. How do we think about the and? How do we think about that it's performance not in lieu of well-being, but because of it. Yes. And how do we think about, like, here's the thing. We then say our differentiators, where we're going to be innovative is going to be creativity. It's going to be our curiosity. It's going to be our connection. Mm-hmm. And how are we fostering those? Yeah. How are we allowing those? How are we freeing our people up to express those? Yes. And have the, you know, psychological safety and the professional fulfillment to really, really have those competitive advantages, frankly, that's what they are. And so a lot of performance mindset is frankly, 
just bringing some of the human back to the modern workforce. And we do that through not only our coaching, human coaching, but through a digital platform with evidence-based exercises that is solely focused on bringing this back because you need a comprehensive solution that enables people to learn in different ways, right? So some self-reflection, then you can connect with a colleague about it. You can connect with your Valor coach about it. You can receive some data that can inform how you're approaching the whole experience. And so that's, to me, what we really do need in human capital management is where we're thinking holistically about the people who are delivering the actual work in the modern workforce. Yes, yes. Let's be very intentional in terms of focusing more on what makes us human, uh, the uniqueness of being human. And mm-hmm. and it, as you said, the capitalizing on the curiosity that your three C's, curious, committed, Yes, I love the alliteration. Yes, I can't help myself, right? (laughs) I love it too. And and there's so many opportunities for value creation in this space. And I agree with you. Let Let me put it this way. I think a lot of people suggest that the choice comes down to either humans or machines Uh, But I think that's a false dichotomy. I think a better approach is to merge humans and technology to leverage the respective strengths of each. And so why don't we segue there, Sarah, and maybe you can explain to our listeners a little bit more about how Valor merges human coaching with technology and what makes Valor unique in this space. Oh, sure. For us, it's all about data-driven coaching. So the technology helps provide some of the data to ensure that the coaching experience is effective and efficient as possible. And so part of that is within our uh, software platform, people get access to evidence-based micro-learning content, which is all around our proprietary and unique framework to ignite and sustain human performance. And so you get access to it. And that can also provide, by the way, a universal language for organizations and teams, because now they all have the same jumping off point, okay, Mm -hmm. through the technology and the software platform. In addition, we can do a lightweight 360, which helps arm additional data, and we can ingest and integrate with other data sources with the organizations and companies that we partner with. And all of that, the way I like to think about it is all of the software platform is then like putting on stilts the actual coaching, which our coaches are incredible. It's they're the best of the best. And then they're supported by this incredible platform. So it all comes together to create a powerful, impactful, and scalable personalized experience for the leaders. And what's great about being software-driven is you can have it be personalized to that individual level and protect that, what we call the sacred space between a coach and their client, the coach and the leader who's receiving valor. Mm -hmm. and have a powerful data layer to share in aggregate back to the organization and the executives at the organization around how can we think, given what we're seeing in aggregate, given the themes, the trends, the risks that are emerging across the data that we get access to, now how do we think about maybe some upcoming decisions maybe some important topics that as executives, it's critical for you to communicate 
Maybe we would encourage you to revisit the organizational values. Maybe we would encourage a group discussion of the executives around this. And so actually Mm. being able to bring data that can help executives make decisions on how they're leading their workforce to ensure that they can sustain the performance of their leaders and the humans who are doing the work is an area that I am so passionate and excited about because we have some really exciting things on the roadmap at Valor that I think we'll be able to take that even one step further to the types of conversations we're able to have with the executive teams at the organizations we partner. That's tremendous. I really appreciate the ability to pivot, to sort of have it be uh, scalable yet individualized and say, okay, I think this is what we need. And maybe now it's a group and maybe now it's revisiting the mission of the company going, going back to the why, right? And your concept and the way that you founded your company and this connection between performance coaching and human performance who you chose to to be part of Valor's mission. Can you just tell us more about that or just generally the the connection you see between performance coaching and human performance? Sure. And Natalie, you mean as far as who our coaches are or who the, the first few hires I made or just say a yeah, little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I know it's been this, it's been a real evolution that has now allowed you to make it more scalable. But yeah, I do... I would love for you to kind of go back to who were the initial people on the team and and what is the connection that you really saw between the performance coaching and, and human performance? Sure. So coming from digital health, I had always been very excited by the power of technology enabled services. And where you take a industry like healthcare that is service focused, but then you think about, just as you asked, around the power of of technology and what role can technology play to enhance the human and connection or the services and vice versa. And I came with that background of where you could create behavior change at the time was thinking about more in the health arena, fostering behavior change through a tech-enabled platform. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took a lot of those same those same learnings, and then applied it to where instead of it has having to be deficit-based, like in healthcare, where let's wait for there to be an issue, a diagnosis, and then have a solution, I wanted to go more upstream, right? And so you alluded to this earlier as far as being a little bit more proactive. And this is where I see the power of coaching and leadership coaching and performance mindset coaching. And so for me, I say that because when I first started out, it always was uh, software driven. Yeah. I wanted, though, for it not to be a performance issue being resolved by Valor, but again, one that is more aspirational, one that is, congratulations, we're investing in you as an organization, as, as a future leader of this organization, mm. we're investing in you. Yes. And that just has a whole new sound to it. Absolutely. Saying you have a problem and you need to be fixed. And the framing was something, frankly, that I always thought in my career. And so wanting something that was more proactive and aspirational and helping me reach my potential, that's a lot of the framing for Valor. So therefore, 
what I really was looking for were coaches who, again, had coached the best of the best, not the people who had issues that needed to be fixed, you know, but more people who were looking for reaching their potential or their competitive advantage. So a specific focus for Valor is what we say performance mindset. And many of our coaches have worked with top athletes, executives, surgeons, elite military leaders. Mm -hmm. And a huge aspect of our framework is really around some of these human performance and skills to adapt and grow even through change and even during times of pressure, which like I always kind of say with a little bit of a smile because who is not experiencing change? I mean, you mentioned as far as the past few years has been just so trying on so many organizations and people. That is 100% true. And the number of times where I've connected with an organization and they say, oh, well, what's really unique about us is we're going through a lot of change right now. And that's like universal, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. constant. That's the constant. Yeah. And so, but but that, how do we as humans respond to that? Because we humans don't always like change, right? It can be uncertain. Mm -hmm. It can be the ground is kind of shaking. And so how do we have groundedness even within that? And how do we have connection even within that? How do we have resilience? How can we be inspirational leaders during that? Mm -hmm. um, and that's really our focus. So the combination of the platform, but then also the first group of coaches that helped start Valor was the foundation that we built the company on. You know, life is a constant state of improvement if you're doing it right. And I think we all must recognize how important it is at this time in history to commit ourselves to being lifelong learners and to really find that courage. I want to reiterate something that you said that I think is so important. What makes the the queen bee, right? All bees start out the same and then a bee is given the royal jelly, the royal I think it's called the royal jelly, the royal honey, whatever it is. And that's that's what makes the difference. And so this concept of saying, listen, we see you and now we're going to show you the way. And now we're going to give you, we're going to invest in you by doing something that really recognizes this notion of seeing someone and wanting to help them become the queen, if you, if you will, in, in that analogy. And Sarah, you've spent so much time now really analyzing what's going on with the current workforce, the way companies have traditionally handled training management. And based on your experience, just in a very generalized way, what do you think is lacking in the current workforce? Well, you hit on a, two different things. I think the broad needs of the modern workforce, I think what we really need is a little bit of a different what. So you mentioned the training, like the type of training. So I was exposed to a ton of types of training development that had a focus on process, product training, mm -hmm. uh, methodology. And I think we as a society need to be thinking about EQ mm -hmm. and emotional regulation 
inspirational leadership and leadership agility. And these are some aspects of what we focus on at Valor. And then I think as far as the the how, and that gets to the other thing you mentioned, which is just a lot of training currently is done one and done. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Let's do a workshop. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just not enough because we know as far as how adults learn that like 70% goes in one year and out the other within seven days of attending one of those one and done workshops. So what's the ongoing? And that's where you really need an ongoing you know, platform, but furthermore, a coach who can really help you implement and get to what I believe is, and this is kind of why I'm so passionate about not only health, but also education, is behavior change. Because what is knowledge if you're not going to act on it? And that's the behavior change part. And that's the power of coaching. So I believe we need to be rethinking the what and the how Mm -hmm. of the modern workforce. And some of this too, if you think more macro and you think about talent shortages or just the skills that people are going to need, needing to up level, upskill, develop from within, Mm-hmm. grow leaders, adapt to change, all of these things that organizations are also realizing they need to be able to do to stay competitive. I'm concerned that not enough corporations today are seeing what a major skills gap we we're already experiencing the skills gap, but to look within an organization for those opportunities to upskill really is critical today more than ever to maintain global competitiveness. And I think that some companies really surprise themselves when they do invest in the workforce and and find those talents within that really can help fill those skills gaps and really create a more cohesive workplace. Sarah, what are some of the measures of success, like how if a company is willing to invest in its workforce with the types of initiatives that you can help put in place, what does success look like? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because that's exactly where I was going when you were saying about your concern. And what we have seen is the power of the ripple effect that you alluded to. So investing and upskilling let's say those managers and those leaders, not only do we see, especially if they receive valor, more likely to get promoted. Mm -hmm. Okay. So growing within, we also see retention improve. And we have powerful case studies to demonstrate this across numerous customers. And this is my favorite. We also see work engagement increase. Not Uh only, not only, for the individuals who receive coaching, but also for the teams that report to them. The ripple effect. The ripple effect. So how powerful is this, right? Because if you invest in what I believe is one of your most critical assets, especially if it's a first or second line manager, leader, a rising, your rising leaders, is it's not just an investment on those individuals, right? So you can say, well, gosh, is it, you know, what's the ROI at that individual employee level? Mm -hmm. And that's actually not the full story. The full story has to be more at that team, organization, 
culture level. And we have powerful data to show that. What I'd say, and actually it's really interesting, just because it's some of why I, or how I started Valor that I'll share with you. I started the business focused on revenue generating teams. Why is that? Because of the concern that you mentioned, and I wanted to address it right away. I wanted mm-hmm. to have those, the business case mm-hmm. to say, and which by the way, here's, here's one. We worked with a customer now for almost three, going on four years, and demonstrated, look, when with Valor, you increase sales performance 34% revenue growth. Wow. Um, within one year of their partnership with us, right? Now, look, correlation, causation, I hear you, multiple factors. The point is, then we go, okay, great. So you were in hyper growth. Let's look at your ability to hire and attract top talent. Well, now we know top talent, especially maybe there's certain generations that are looking and seeking where they're going to have the professional fulfillment. They're going to have the growth opportunities. They're going to have the ability to really enhance their potential. And so we were able to partner with them and we worked together closely on a strategy as they underwent an 86% headcount growth to help them accelerate the recruiting and hiring engine and being very crystal clear that part of who they are as an employer brand mm-hmm. is providing an opportunity to get access to a Valor coach. Gosh, that well, that's a great example. And you talked about engagement and retention, and I think that really is such a challenge. And particularly uh, with growth of of remote and distributed workforces. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. We recently conducted a client survey, which confirmed that in at least in the space that we operate, the ECVC space, hybrid and remote workplaces are here to stay. Uh, and that's, that's probably a no surprise to, to our listeners. But how do you help remote workforces to build connections and contribute to the culture so that there is more engagement and more retention so that the opportunity to do things like upskill and fill the skills gap can be more a possibility for companies? Yeah, a couple of ways, actually. So one that I mentioned as far as our digital platform, where you get access to our framework and many of the, the content modules it gives people a universal language. Sometimes people need a jumping off point. Mm. They need a prompt. They need the language, the language just to be able to have some of the conversations. So the Valor platform gives this. Like for instance, we've heard about teams bringing some Valor exercises to be the way that they start the team meetings. This to me is like one of the best things I've heard as a founder, Mm. because I love when you take the technology to foster human connection. No surprise, right? Given the Mm -hmm. business that I started. Like that's such a beautiful example. And so there's that aspect. There's also the aspect of the skills that people learn with Valor. Meaning as far as their communication, as far as their self-awareness, as far Mm -hmm. as their ability to have a intentional conversation that can help weave more of the richness into the culture and the the team cohesion. So being able to navigate conversations around culture or 
being able to navigate conversations that can foster psychological safety and give people the permission to take a risk mm. in a way that they're not going to be penalized for. And so some of this, though, like I always think about coaching as taking a step back to be more intentional and deliberate going forward. And so sometimes they can leaders can talk to their coach about these things and then go apply or experiment, you know, some of the things that they discuss with their coach, with their team. And we, no surprise, one of the top focus areas of Valor coaching conversations is communication. Mm -hmm. And by the way, one of the other top five is confidence. Mm. I see a strong connection between these because sometimes you need to have that confidence to even go into those conversations. And we as leaders, especially these past few years, we've been in uncharted territories of many conversations that I think there's just so much fear of what if I don't do this right? What if I don't navigate this right? And so just having a thought partner can be so valuable. And then furthermore, I think when remote, we a lot of the workforce doesn't have the same interactions at the water cooler, right? Like that whole, the connection with people and especially for companies in hyper growth, or just frankly going again through a lot of change, not necessarily growing, but changing a lot. Many leaders don't have the bandwidth now in hybrid to be able to have a lot of those side conversations, you know, with their team. And so there's power in thinking about, again, and two things can be true. Yes, they need to be having conversations with their team and they don't need to be everything to everybody is their power to being a third party and having a third party coach outside the four walls of the organization with expertise, uh, having worked with numerous organizations that can help give that leader a little bit of their time back to focus on where they're best positioned as a leader and the valor coaches being able to support and connect with their team. And then what's really powerful, again, is the data layer, right? Because then the data that we can collect sharing back to the leader of that team to say, hey, here's some themes of what's happening across the coaching conversations. So when you do meet with your team, here's a topic that we would strongly encourage you as the leader to bring up. And that's really where it gets exciting, right? Because now you get to think about the broader system that you're supporting people in to be at their optimal performance, which includes human connection. Perfect. I am having some self-reflection here because in as we've had to be remote and sometimes in leadership positions, you do feel an obligation to try and be everything to everyone. And when you don't have those water cooler opportunities to have more organic conversations and it has to be sort of these scheduled one-on-ones, you wish that there were a way to fill that need and optimize where leadership skills maybe can and and should be applied. So, and I hadn't really thought of it that way until you mentioned it, but yeah, it is, it's holistically, I think a novel and wonderful opportunity for an organization and its people to grow. And so with that, Sarah, I want to ask you like thinking to the future in your vision, what does a new world for human capital look like? Oh, I mean, I I want a world that executives are not only looking 
at their business performance financially uh, by itself, but also the sustainability of the human performance alongside it. So for instance, as a CEO, I'm routinely looking at my forecast data and I'm routinely understanding my financials. And I want to also understand the, what I think of as the valor score, um, which is the ability for the humans within my organization to sustain their level of performance. And I envision a world where as strategic initiatives, as you're rolling out your plan, all organizations across sectors would have a strong pillar and critical aspect of their strategic initiatives be tied to the human performance for their organizations. Absolutely. Perfect. And this is why you are here for our focus on S in the ESG. And sadly, we're getting toward the end of this episode. But Sarah, I want to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. May I invite you to a quick fire challenge? Oh, sure. Okay, here we go. Who's been your biggest champion across your career? I know, tough question. I know, right? As I described all the different coaches and mentors, but that one actually came to my mind right away, which is my dad, Uh always my biggest champion. And the Valor team is going to chuckle because he's also like the first to log on to almost any Valor marketing event uh, possible. So So he, he, he demonstrates it even today. I love that. Okay. How about favorite podcast or book at the moment? I'm a big podcast lover. So I love almost anything by Guy Raz. So I loved when he did How I Built This. I love yes. um, his new one, The View from the Top, or now I'm I'm butchering the name. And I also have to say that I love Growth Equation, which I'm a little bit biased because Brad Stolberg is an ad- advisor to Valor, but he does it with his co-author of Peak Performance, uh, the book that he wrote, Steve Magnus. And so it is very much up my alley. Um, but I'm always looking for more podcasts. So mm-hmm. if listeners have a good suggestion, please send it my way. <laughs> well, I knew the book and I wasn't aware of the podcast. I've written that one down. Um, so thank you for that. And then last question, travel destination on your bucket list. Oh, well, I got to cross off a big one last year by going to Greece. So that had been a huge one on my on my bucket list. Honestly, there's so many parts of Europe that I have yet to go. I've been to Paris, but I was it was years ago. And I would love to go back because I feel like I would see it in a different light. So uh, there's many places on my bucket list. I have to tell you, though, that uh, I was just telling my team this. I, one of my favorite things about travel is how it pushes your mindset and you can, you just think about things differently, being in a different environment. And so I've been trying to garner my own adventure spirit and mindset by even just doing local adventures in my hometown. And so my travel destinations, if you will, also include like certain restaurants in the Boston area or certain sightseeing and, and hikes that I'm excited to 
go do. So some local and some on the other side of the world. Boston, our our San Francisco sister city, uh, both such beautiful places. And I find myself doing the same. I'm using, I'm being very intentional about my 10,000 steps. Uh, there you day. go. And pointing myself in new directions every day. And it's it, it so is. many options out there. Yes, yeah. yes. I was just there last week. Uh, so many options in the Bay Area for sure. Absolutely. Uh, listen, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Sarah. We really appreciate it. And I, I personally got a lot out of the discussion, as I'm sure our listeners will. So to wrap us up, as companies continue to build, better practices and stronger relationships with their workforce. Companies like Valor Performance are helping to bridge the investment in the modern day workforce while measuring impact in a company's growth and hopefully introduce new measurements for the social framework. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for letting me be here. And thanks everyone else for joining us as well. Bye-bye. You've just listened to the Future Work Playbook. This podcast series is brought to you by Gunderson Detmer, the world's number one law firm representing venture capital funds and high growth companies. Join Natalie Pierce on our next episode as she and her guests help prepare your organization for the future. Please subscribe to the Future Work Playbook.